Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. How are you all doing today? I am doing awesome. I have members from Skeletor here at the Metal Forge, and we're going to be talking about their new EP that is a little bit of confusion when it's coming out. I think it was last week, but I think it's today. Something got pushed back. I'm not sure. By the time we recorded this, it was supposed to be out last Friday, but 
If you go onto the Bandcamp page, it's saying it is available on September 30th, which is today, or you know, or the first, whenever you're whenever you're listening to this. You know, even if it's next November or something, and you're listening back through the archives. Hey, I'm talking to you from the future to the past, whatever. I don't know, from the past to the future, something like that. But yeah, I have a Skeletor here at the Metal Forge, and we're talking about some awesome stuff with those guys. But before we get into that, I want to pick your all's brain on something here. I am about to reissue one of the Overload albums. It's Blood for Blood. It's the second album. It came out February 29th, 2012. Holy crap, that was just over 10 years ago. Uh, 10 years this year, but you know, it was back in February, so it's over 10 now. So I had some updated artwork and everything, and on the Bandcamp page, on the digital version, you can get some cool like demo versions and rough mix, things like that. But what do you all like with reissues? Because me... Like, for example, you know, I'm a KISS fan for the most part. You know, I do think Destroyer is probably their best album. And I don't like the reissued, uh, remastered version that's out there. Because it's got the demos and everything, but it's just like... It just seems like pretty lackluster. They package three CDs in it and everything, and I'm just like, really? But each other CD is only like six or seven songs. And I'm not cool with that, I guess. You know, I don't know. Because I'm not really big on remasters and stuff anyway, for the most part. Depending on what it is, I guess. But I like to hear the original recording first. I love to have original versions of everything. But in the in a world like this, you know, where the collector's market, you know, is crazy stuff, you don't really always get that opportunity to have a first edition whatever CD uh album, you know, you know, vinyl when I say album, cassette even, you know, you don't always get that opportunity, which to me makes it even more special when you can get something that's, that's, you know, like a first edition, you know, like I have my first edition CD print of fly by night, which, you know, for all intents and purposes is just a record transfer to it. And yeah, it doesn't sound great, but it, you know it's serviceable, and I still love it, and I still listen to it to this day. But yeah, what are what are your all's thoughts on that? Shoot me a message, you know, uh, comment on Facebook or whatever. Just say, hey, Mark, here's what I think about this. You know, you asked about the uh, the reissue stuff. What do you you know? Just what do you think about it? I I want to know. So Jason is back today. He is here talking about some interesting things that have happened here at the festival shows. You know, he lo- he loves the Danny Wimmer shows. I know that, that they're his favorite. I know he wants to can I think he wants to play on some of them actually. No, I'm kidding, Jason. I know you I know you, how you feel about it. But anyways, yeah, Jason's here. He's going to talk about some some interesting events. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wasteland. Hope you have been well since last time I was on here. And uh, 
I had a last minute change this week. I was going to do an album review, but I, I will wait till next time to share that with you. And I want to talk about a video that I guess you could say went viral uh, involving a uh, hard rock metal band called Falling in Reverse. Uh, they self-admitted on a video that they pulled out of a festival because their laptops were stolen. They also compared it to driving a car without an engine, which I thought was hysterical because um, apparently in my career in a band, I have been driving the Flintstones car around for the whole time. I got this off of a Loudwire. It's a tabloid site. And real quick, uh, getting back to what Mark was talking about last week, I agree with him that these tabloid sites are annoying. And I unfollow them all, but somehow they keep finding their way back in my feeds a lot. If I would just have like a publication that just got right to the point without snark or you know trying to make something out of a uh, line that's taken out of context that sounds uh, pretty uh, controversial or something like that, that would be really nice. But alas, here we are in this day and age where everyone is, you know, uh, super witty and uh, the smartest guy in the room. So, I watched the video before I made up my mind because, like I said, just mentioned about the tabloid sites. Uh, you can never really uh, take it at face value. But this one was pretty spot on. Uh, I watched the whole thing. Uh, he admitted that um, they use laptops to run their show, whatever that means. He also uh, threw himself in with every other band, it seems, uses uh, laptops to run their shows, as he uh, said, which I, uh, you know, seriously uh, doubt or and disagree with. So showmanship and musicianship can go hand in hand, but musicianship should always be priority one. And apparently, for a lot of these newer mainstream bands, it is not, because if you're using a computer to run your show instead of using your talent... In music to run the show, then you're just a uh, entertainer. You're no better than anyone who's ever won a uh, TV show competition like American Idol or any of those other, you know, music competition shows. Or they call them music. It's just like it's just what record labels want to pluck out and try to push. I'm not bashing bands who use uh, tracks for like intro tapes like Metallica does and Iron Maiden does or you know if they have one song that had a keyboard player on a studio track or you know they use a, um, a guest female vocalist on a studio track and they play that through the PA during the song live that's that's fine that's that really has nothing to do with what I'm talking about it's the bands that pretty much just um, you know Obviously, you can't play their instruments uh, unless they have a computer doing it for them. Uh, if this was a legit band, they would have just told their uh, road crew, hey, we're just playing a special stripped-down set or something, you know, or raw, live and raw or something. Uh, but this uh, just pretty much goes to show that they uh, they don't have any talent. Um, I don't care how many records you sell. If you're relying on computers to do everything for you, then you're not a band. Uh, if you're a fan of this group... And you uh, paid money to see them at this festival. Uh, I feel sorry for you, but um, maybe it's time to uh, look elsewhere and uh, spend your money, spend your time, spend your admiration on someone who deserves it. Because this band took away a prime slot from a band who probably uh, is much better, much more talented, and probably deserved it way more. So uh, that's all I got to say this week 
Um, didn't want to be too negative, but it is annoying when, uh, you know, people who apparently don't have any talent uh, tell everyone that no other bands do either. Uh, when it's clearly obvious that uh, plenty of bands do. I don't think Metallica, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Overload, you know, my band, anyone uh, that I'm good friends with would ever cancel a show because their laptop was, you know, missing or their batteries were dead or they lost their mouse or some dumb shit like that. So, anyway, I want to thank Mark for, again, giving me a few minutes of uh, his time on his show. And as always, uh, stay safe, stay heavy, and we will see you next time. You know, Jason, for the most part, you are absolutely correct. No, I don't think anybody should cancel over something like the laptop being stolen or whatever. You should still be able to perform regardless of if you have tracks or not. Now, if you can't play because it's a click track or something like that, I mean... How did you do it before? Did you always start that way, I guess? You know, and as you did sit there and say, you know, you didn't think Overload used any tracks or anything. Honestly, we do now. We just started this year. We've played to a click. We have some uh, backing vocals that are added in, some sound effects. You know, there is uh, anybody who's going out to see us on the uh, triple shot coming up of the Crushing Skulls tour. We're in... uh, Blades of Steel Metal Fest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on 10-7. Akron, Ohio at the Empire Concert Club on 10-8. And the Green Lantern in Lexington, uh, Kentucky on 10-9 with Snafu and a couple more. You know, check out those. You'll see what we do. It's not, you know, it's not over the top. And I mean, honestly, with us, things do change. And I've had packs go out when you know, when we're playing live, and yeah, that is kind of hard, but you know, you still do it, because you still know what's going on, so that's just, that's just the other thing, but anyways, I digress, who's ready to hear some Skeletor? I know I am, this is coming from the Death to All Nations album, this is Stand Up for Rock and Roll.
All right, Metalheads, this is a treat because everyone who knows me knows I like Masters of the Universe, okay? Like, seriously, like, it's a, it's almost like an obsession. And I have Rob Steinway and Jason uh, Conde-Houston. Uh, am, I, am I saying that right? Conde-Houston, yes. Conde-Houston from the band Skeletor here in the Metal Forge. Dudes, what's going fucking on? Rocking and rolling. What's up, Mark? How's it going? Dudes, I'm doing awesome. It started to turn cool here in the Louisville, Kentucky area this past week, like where it's starting to stick around a little bit. We had one day within the last week that was like 100 degrees, and it's been like 70 ever since. So I'm digging that shit. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're floating around uh, low 80s up here in uh, Seattle, so... uh... A little bit warmer than y'all, but it's it's pretty toasty for folks in the Pacific Northwest. So. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I've got a I've talked to a lot of bands from up in that area, and they're always saying how like how it's it's really kind of a cool climate for the most part. That to see eighty and ninety and a hundred degree days is pretty rare. For real, for real, yeah. Hell, <laughs> hell yeah! It's pretty uncomfortable when it gets that hot up here. So. Oh, I'm sure it is because I mean it's pretty uncomfortable when it get when it's anywhere that it's a hundred fucking degrees. I would think unless you're used to it, like in Arizona or some shit. Arizona, that's crazy. a cool day. Yeah, those crazy Vegas people where you uh, go inside and uh, they have like fireplaces going when it's like eighty degrees outside and they're all cold and everything. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine that. So. How, I mean, seriously, like, how is, like, Skeletor going these days? I mean, it's a slow, bumpy road since uh, lockdown. Let's just put it that way. Um, but we are we're fortunate that we have played three shows uh, since, and we were able to write and record and produce this EP. But, you know, we're all just taking our own steps in life, and uh, I think, you know, things are getting cooler Definitely. So I do want to uh, give everybody a little bit of a rundown because I know this is your all's first time on the show. Uh, you all started in around 1998 is what mm-hmm. uh, what I'm seeing here on the Metal Archives, which I like to consult a lot. I know there is some discrepancies on that, on that page um, because, I mean, everybody's human, I guess. But it shows here you all had some demos uh, all and EPs and splits all the way up into the first full length, which is in 2008. And then it looks like from there you've got 2008, 2010, 2012, 2014, uh, where you've released all full-length albums. Mm-hmm. That, yep, that's right, yeah. Okay. so kind Very of get, busy through those early 2010s. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, so give everybody a rundown, like, you know, a little brief history lesson of Skeletor here. Um, so in 1998, basically, it's not like we actually formed the band. Uh, it was me and my best friend, Max. We had the idea of having a metal band, and that we started writing lyrics that would eventually become songs. And in 1999 is when we started having band practice. And in the year 2000, already having the name Skeletor is when we started playing shows. Um. So all those EPs and demos from the early years are all San Diego based when we were a San Diego band. Um, that's when we were, you know, more Slayer focused and starting to implement the the ideas of 
of the man of war the true metal um slowly and then when we got to seattle in 2006 we were fully dedicated to that like true metal principle um and then in 2009 that's when we get rob our newest guitarist and we've been solid since and i mean rob you could you could tell the rest yeah for real um i joined in at about uh summer end of summer in 2009 and we were kind of knee deep in uh you know f- finishing up writing uh death to all nations uh that, that we uh, released in 2010 um and you know we had the guys had a pretty solid idea of what sort of sound they were going for this sort of like traditional heavy metal mixed with true metal dipping in the power metal a little bit um and then you know we we pushed out that full uh full length in 2010 and then yeah um jason had this concept album that he wanted to do based around uh uh, michael moorcock's uh elric character um and we sort of he brought in all these ideas, song ideas, lyric ideas, sort of s- structural ideas that we kind of put together for the uh, Ages of Power album in uh, 2012. And that album was, well, I think Death All Nations did really well for us, but Ages of Power kind of, I, I feel like, solidified the band pretty firmly in, in the, di- the direction we were going. You know, after that, uh, had a little bit of a lineup change up. Um, with the bass player position um, in uh, Raw Davis, uh, uh, who, who we were talking about before we started the pod uh, here, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, he rejoined the band. He was one of the earlier members uh, from San Diego. He moved up to Seattle. Uh, he, he joined up uh, with the band in around, I think it was like 2013, early 2014 for the uh, King of Fear album, which we released in 2014. And yep. then we had a a lot of a little bit of a churn between 2014 and 2019 uh, in the bass player position. We kind of uh, rotated through some members um, and, until we found uh, the right person that would work for the position. Uh, uh, Darren Wall, he played bass on the uh, 2019 release Cyber Metal, which is Jason. Maybe will be able able to better articulate um, what the goal was, but. I think you. What was the term that you always use? That twenty nine. That uh. That album. The goal of it was. The idea was that we were gonna quote unquote sell out. <laughs> okay. Um, and, we and, we we wanted it to be like our turbo. Um. But yeah, we wanted a a our first like modernistic power metal album. Okay. You know? In terms of like, especially like, in terms of production and like tone, like painkiller. Yes, exactly. And okay. um, we released that with uh, at that around you know a little bit before that we had joined up with uh, uh, Gates of Hell Records, um, which is like kind of a sub label or a sister label of uh, Cruz del Sur, um, and uh, we released that record through them. And then that kind of uh, <laughs> right after that dropped, you know, I think we were like, oh, we'll keep writing some new material, you know, let's forge forward. Um, and we hit, uh, early 2020, um, and, uh, we all know what kind of happened around that time. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and in Seattle, uh, you know, the, the, the lockdown, uh, restrictions were pretty, pretty strict. And, um, 
the couple members of the, of the band, you know, I myself work in, in medical. Um, the drummer, Pat, uh, is, a, is a social worker. Um, and we ended up kind of having to more or less be put on hold uh, for the duration of 2020. And we switched to more or less a completely remote band. Okay. Um, we had, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like a lot of people have done that actually, where they have taken and went from, you know, an actual band to, you know, just recording on like the Focusrite and, and recording albums that way and sending it to each other. Yeah, we definitely jumped right into, you know, we had one song that was kind of, I would say about halfway completed and, uh, you know, pandemic hits, we end up just more or less fully remote, sending ideas back and forth. We started messing around with jam software uh, where you could, everyone could kind of get in on, on, on a, on a sort of a zoom call ish type thing and, and jam remotely with, uh, varying levels of success. I think we tried out maybe like four or five different programs and never really found anything that would work uh, reasonable, reasonably for us. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Let's just put it that way. Okay. It was definitely a lot of fun. We, we had one where there was no way to get a private room. So we were jamming uh, remotely and random fucking people would join in and <laughs> start talking or playing other instruments. It was just, it was really weird. Um, really strange. But uh, after that sort of experiment more or less failed, uh, we, we just were exclusively just sending ideas back and forth. It was like chat relay of uh, music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Um, what was that? Fernando or whatever that one guy who joined in and was was all talking to us from Europe or something one time it was pretty ridiculous um but yeah we through that whole process we started piecing together these four songs that appear on this Blood Empire uh EP that we just released fully uh last week right and um that's what we released that as well through uh, Gates of Hell Records um, we're, we're really pleased with how uh, that turned out. Definitely. So, yeah, I do want to hit on that. You all just released Blood Empire back on uh, last week on the 23rd. And, you know, I, I'm a, I love artwork, first of all. Just because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I love cruising through the record store and going through, like, the miscellaneous sections in the metal and, like, the alphabet, mm -hmm. like, the miscellaneous A's and, and you know, whatever. And finding just something that I've never heard of based on just the image of the of the cover. And this yep. this is probably going to be, would probably be something I would pick up because it's got that, that Konami look to it, like, you know, like, Simon's Quest, uh, Contra, you know, that whole old school NES look and it I'm just going to go out a lot go out on a limb here and say um are they Klingons yes I, I would say so because I see the Batleth in there and I'm just like holy shit what is this <laughs> uh, the whole idea behind Blood Empire um originally uh me and my cousin Robbie not Rob um we wanted to do like a epic trilogy um, based on the rise of the Klingon Empire, the rise of Kalos. And um, 
that's that was the initial idea for all this it, we thought maybe we'd make a full album have a trilogy at the end or whatever right um but then when you know lockdown happened and we're we're continuing these ideas we're like well fuck it let's just make an ep we'll have the trilogy the first three songs and then my cousin wrote that song blood wine and that'll be like the bonus track the celebratory track the the drinking song you know um but yeah star trek is like deep deep in our hearts within all five members you know that's definitely one thing that we all have in common kind of raised us you know uh us all being products of the 80s back when the next generation was new and the next generation is what truly gave us the klingon mythos because you know if you watch the star trek from the 60s Klingons look like beatnecks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, they didn't have the budget for uh, the makeup, prosthetic limbs, and all that kind of stuff that they had in the future shows. Um, I read a book once that uh, the costume designer from the 60s said, well, the cheapest thing possible was skin. So that's why all the women were so scantily clad. Mm. Yeah, I could, I could see I could see them saying that in that with that deal <laughs> yeah um but so we we went forward with that idea and um i designed the the album cover uh concept um and i talked to my friend max nazarian and he's done artwork for local bands over the years and uh he's he's a big star trek fan and i told him i want it to be the fight between kalis and fuck is it molor or morath i forgot I believe it's Morath. Morath. Molor is the tyrant. Okay, so Morath. So it's Kalos versus his brother fighting to the death. They're, they're 12 days and 12 night battle on top of a volcano. I want it to look kind of like uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Obi-Wan versus Anakin. Definitely. Um, and uh, But I wanted it to be like silhouettes. Um, so it, that's why they're all darkened, you know? Um, and Max went with it and he created this, this really cool, uh, scheme with like the, with the moons in the background and that, that, you know, sharp, jagged cliff. And I saw it immediately from the framing. I was like, dude, we can make this look like Castlevania. Just put the, the, the gray, the gray framing on the sides, um, and put the the Skeletor logo above. I didn't have the idea of having that like Castlevania placard behind that. That was the graphic artist who did the layout, um, and it it just works perfectly. Oh, it, and, it, it absolutely um, does. And it's it's obviously distinguishable because you're you're pointing it out. Everyone on YouTube's pointing it out, and it's a it's an eye grabber. And I think that's perfect. Well, and and like you said, being products of the eighties. You know, absolutely. I mean, are we? You know, our age group because I'm I'm right there with you. That like we're gonna notice this and be like, holy shit, what is that? It's like it's 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 like a beckon to the past, which is super cool. Which continuing on the artwork thing here, you all have had some pretty awesome artwork for all of your your full length albums. You know, give me metal or give me death. You know that straight up looks like it, it honestly it reminds me of kind of like uh of like hello by guar 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, just like the idea behind it does so that's always awesome and then you know the man makes the makes the uh the appearance on the second album on the second album uh on death all nations skeletor yes okay okay yeah uh that one uh is it sean mcgrath is that who was jason sean mcgrath from ghoul yeah he, he did the art for uh death all nations with uh Skeletor more or less looming over the world and tearing it to pieces more or less. Absolutely. And it's such a great rendition too. I I love the way he looks on there. He, you know, the old filmation, while he does look cool in certain scenes, like if he, if he looked like that, they probably wouldn't be able to air the show. (laughs) No, not (laughs) real. Cause he just looks vile as shit. Uh, and then cyber metal, cyber metals album art, I actually really, really enjoy because to me it has this Mobius feel to it. Mm-hmm. The artist Mobius, you know, he, if you've if you've ever seen anything he's done, it's very line articulate. There's so much line detail in in the stuff that he does. So hell yeah, yeah that that album cover is very complicated. I I think I went through five different artists to finally find someone. And the final dude I found was the store clerk at the liquor store by my house. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, But I had people just dropping the ball left and right. And finally, I was just complaining to this dude because he told me about his artwork. So we like, we understood each other as artists to a degree. And he's like, well, I mean, what's your concept? And I told him, you know, it's just cyber samurai fighting a horde of dudes and he went with it like hardcore he he made it look like the doom album or not doom album cover but the doom like box cover from the pc game you know oh yeah I uh, t- you know it's yeah. him fighting a horde of zombie not zombies but demons in a hellscape you know and he made it like that like every single monster is a different like completely different species and like formation and it's just totally crazy. And even just where where the cyber samurai standing like on the on the rubble and everything and all that's all in like you know colors and grays and and stuff like that but everything in the background that you know is kind of just like that red haze that orangish red haze is awesome. And honestly what it it it's it's almost as if it's like a like a cell animation out of heavy metal magazine mm-hmm. which is awesome as shit because you know I've always loved that book I you know I'm still one of probably the only of 12 people that probably still subscribe to it because it's still <laughs> being produced and wow it, physically yes physically Wow, yeah. that's awesome! Oh yeah, it's. I don't. Th- I think there's so much stuff with it; it's not going away anytime soon. Right. <laughs> no, that 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 magazine is uh, speaks volumes. Ha oh. ha ha! Yeah, right. Absolutely. So obviously, Blood Empire just came out last week. I mean, is it too early to start looking to see what's coming out next? Um, I mean, we're obviously going to try to make a full length next year but we don't we don't have an idea of a concept yet like we all have our singular like song ideas that are been forming in our heads over 
you know the last couple of years but um there's there's no solid construct of anything okay like with cyber metal we knew what we wanted to do for years just took us a long time to get the right basis in line um blood empire like at least we knew that we wanted to make that trilogy or whatever but with this one it's like we're kind of starting from the ground up definitely now on anything previous i mean like with the splits the eps uh, anything like that now those are all new songs to themselves they're not put on any previous albums or or any upcoming albums correct i mean the only thing that i mean there's the, the first album as you said um which I was like, wait, what's the first album? I can't remember anymore because a lot of people think that Death to All Nations is the first album. Uh, what it shows but, on the me, Metal Archives is Give Me Metal or Give Me Death. Yes, and that is a re-recording of the Give Me Metal or Give Me Death um, from 2003. Okay. Um, so I don't. I, there's nothing upcoming that would be a re-recording unless we re-record like a classic track, like we've been talking about re-recording the song you traveled many miles for a heavy metal show because we'd kind of like to show off what the latest uh iteration of skeletor interprets that song as nowadays absolutely because it's it's a classic track i mean people want it want it to be played live all the time and even though it's like pretty pretty underground song it just it just rings true with people and uh We'd like to, you know, record it with better production, you know, more proficient players and have that snappy feel that we have nowadays instead of the wonky uh, demo EP versions that, you know, people have heard in the past. Absolutely. No, I can totally get behind that. That's, you know, I've always thought like once a song was put, was like already done and put out like it was a it was done to me and only here recently have i you know been asked by people for my own you know for my own project where it's like hey man i really wish y'all you know this is the best lineup you've ever had i really wish y'all would record you know this again and it's like that's that's been such a foreign concept to me for all of my life that it's like now it's like you know i'm really starting to think about doing something like that you know, I know, like, take, like, Kiss, for example. Anytime they release the greatest hits, it's all re-recordings. It's never the the, the song that came from the album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I could totally see doing that, I guess, but I'm still on the fence about it, personally. <laughs> I mean, well, especially, I... too, you run into some situations where bands have done that to kind of disastrous ends. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, like... Kings of Metal 2014 or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> God damn it. You know, yeah, <laughs> very much disastrous ends because I've uh, also bringing up the Kiss thing is every time they've re- they've re-recorded a greatest hits album, it's progressively slower. Uh-huh. And it's progressively mm-hmm. a lower key. Uh-huh. <laughs> because as as we get older, you know our voice still changes and everything. You can't hit Paul Stanley can't hit the high notes anymore. So <laughs> I think the best re-recording of all time is uh Judas Priest Unleashing the East. Oh yes. Cuz yes, it's not a true live album. Um but the thing about it is that they had changed labels and they they weren't going to make any money off those songs from the first two albums. So they thought, 
okay, well, we're gonna about we're about to kick out this drummer. Let's just record him live, and it's just gonna be a best of of all those all those two albums and then songs from you know uh, Stained Class and uh, Hellbent for Leather. Um, and it's the best fake live album ever. Well, um, well it's, it's the best way to listen to those songs because as great as uh, Sad Wings of Destiny is, the production's terrible. Right. And actually, you know, I recently got a copy of that, a, a new remastered copy here that came out within the last couple of years. And it actually mm-hmm. is serviceable now. And like the original, no, definitely not. But this, this was actually really good. But I like what you said there about, you know, Unleashed in the East. And I don't know, have you read the uh, autobiography Confessed by Rob Halford? No, and I have a copy in my bookshelf, and I really need to read it, I think. Because um, he actually here. talks about that album and how it was actually. Right. And where you say it's a, it's a, it's a fake live album is it's interesting because it's really only fake on the vocal end. Right. Because he tells about how he went, he was roached out on his voice when they were on tour. He came back and sang to the tape. Got it. And it was like crazy, like one take and like the whole time. It's like, holy shit, dude. Like I couldn't imagine like doing something like that. I mean, he was, I mean, I've heard bootlegs from back then and he was incredible, but like, I'm, I'm sure he could do that in one take. Uh, in the studio, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, me personally, I probably couldn't, but <laughs> but he's incredible. Right. He, you know, being seventy-two, he's incredible now. It's yeah. really amazing that he's been going for so damn long, for, for sure. Oh yeah, like remarkable, even like considering, you know, we have the uh, you know the, the Motley Crue debacles going on. You got the bon jovi debacles going on that we see all that the live clips on youtube and it's just like disastrous quality and he's still putting it out so oh yeah absolutely the motley crew thing to me is weird because like i've heard that those are tracks because even in 2008 he was that bad vince was (laughs) and right so and apparently now he's even worse but like it's like i don't know if i would want that as a track honestly I mean, I mean, you you watch him at the US Festival in '83, and he sounds like shit. So like, <laughs> true. Sorry, sorry, Vince Neil. Hats off to you. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Vince Neil does not care about us. <laughs> no, no. But no, you know what? And, and, I would, I would and, gladly drink a beer with the guy. Let's just put it that way. I was just gonna say, and nor should we care about Vince. Ne- no. <laughs> 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 um, no, but it's interesting though because like he's it's almost the uh, the two face mentality with with Vince Neil. It's like you know, do you die a hero or do you live long enough to see yourself become the villain? <laughs> and obviously, yeah. obviously, he's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I heard we're going to go on tour with Motley Crue next year. So uh, can, let's can we cut out. that out? <laughs> <laughs> No, we're gonna go on co- on tour with uh, Methods of Mayhem instead. Oh, oh God! Gosh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my gosh! They yeah. played at like Ozfest in '99. Oof! Yeah, they were. Methods was on tour on Ozfest that year, and I remember being like, "What the fuck?" That's, that's, is was this? that Tom, 
was that Tommy Lee's band when he was still with like Pam? Yeah, yeah it was his rap band. That was Tommy's yeah. rap band. Yeah, yeah. It's like what? Their, their hit was that uh, "Get Naked" song that had like Fred Durst on it, and God, it was like Little Kim or something. Like that. Oh my gosh, Lul, <laughs> Lul Kim, Lul. No, there's no T's in there, sir. <laughs> uh, my dad, my bad. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm not informed back then because I straight up I refused to watch MTV after '97. I was just like, I'm done. I'm completely done with all this shit. Because Reload just came out, and Puff Daddy was the biggest thing in the world. And I was like, fuck the radio, fuck MTV. I'm just going to stick to the CDs I have and move forward. Which is about the same time I did, too. I remember watching watching the VMAs uh, in 96, and Mm -hmm. like Kiss was supposed to be on there. And they were doing, it was the first reunion show like reunion uh-huh. reunion with the makeup and yeah and it was right before um uh, uh psycho circus came out it's the psycho circus <laughs> exactly <laughs> and they still play that live they still play that song live they played it in louisville this past weekend at louder than life and i was like what the fuck they played psycho circus because i don't think they played it when i saw them back in 2019 but it's like yeah I mean, no, I can't can't deal that deal with that album. This total total interjection. Uh, we have this we have this friend named Terry. Uh, he did a karaoke version of "Walk" by Pantera, but in the Paul Stanley voice. Oh my god! I'm talking to you. <laughs> Me? Yes. <Yeah>. Walk. <laughs> you know. And the funny thing about that is, is like Paul is so fucking over the top, you, you know, when he's just like talking to the crowd and it's like, it's really bad. Like, have you, have you seen any of like the kissology stuff? Like where they've got like, uh, it's like the live shows from like the seventies all the way until like the revenge album and shit like that. No, I just know and kiss the live. He's like, I hear you guys like tequila. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite Pauls, he's like, he's like, it was on Unplugged. He goes, this, this song was on, um, I think it was on Dynasty. Maybe it was on this. I don't know. I'm, I'm so bad with the albums. It's like, how the fuck do you not know what, what album you wrote a song for? You know, it's like shit, dude. Come on, man. It's like you got to be. A, it's like, do you just not care? <laughs> yeah. You, you've you've seen the or if you listen to those uh, compilations like live banter compilations on YouTube of of Paul, have you? Have no, you? I have not. But they are absolutely choice. It's Bracelet. really funny. Tell me something, Detroit. I've got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> where he's doing that shit and he's like oh, oh yeah I, dude like there is a there's a video from like it's either hot in the shade or revenge so it's like right around that same like that time period like early 90s where he just sits there and he goes and he you know on a boom stand he doesn't loosen it up he just yanks the fucking stand around right 
you know, so it's it's completely tearing up like the rubber the rubber grommets that keep it in place. And as he's sitting there singing a song, it just falls down. And he tries to put it back up and it falls right fucking back down again. And he just points at it and just like somebody comes out and replaces it. It's like what the, it's like stands are like 30 bucks a piece. Obviously, you don't give a fuck because no, that's fucking nothing money. Mm-hmm. Especially for Kiss, <laughs> right? Especially for Kiss. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and break into some general profile questions about you guys as people because that's what we do here. You know, we like to split things up and mm-hmm. see where you guys stand on certain things. Now I pull these uh, randomly out of a deck of cards, and this deck is actually getting pretty thin. So pretty soon we're going to have some repeat questions, but these have not been asked to any other guest yet. Word. Cool. When you're feeling sick, what makes you feel better? Saxon. <laughs> nice. Saxon. Uh, you know, I'm going to just be honest, hanging out with my dogs. Oh. My actual dogs. Not 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 my dogs, but my pets. <laughs> what up, dog? <laughs> uh, but in reality, uh, a, an awesome soup like pho or pozole. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I could definitely get behind the pho. Because that nice clears out the sinuses. Oh, for real, yeah. <laughs> feels when you're really sick. Just a big old hot bowl of fuzz, definitely. You know, that's lots of jalapenos. Oh lot. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, that's yep. really when I like onion soup a lot. Mm-hmm. Word is like is like when I'm not feeling good because it does the same thing. You know, it's just like it just like clears out clears out the sinuses. Yep, yep. Hell yeah, man. How about you? Soup uh, as well? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, having the soup really helps. You know, the care package thing always feels good. When somebody brings you, it's like, oh, hey, I, know, I hear you're not feeling good. Here's, you know, here's some Mucinex and, you know, some just some stuff. And it's like, oh, thank you guys, you know. that that mm-hmm. that That's really cool for people. Hell yeah. So the, you know, I guess uh, the camaraderie, I guess that you know people actually care when you're sick. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Auntie. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> what antiquated invention do you still use? Uh, a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a chain wallet for you, Jason. Yeah, I got my chain wallet. Right. I've on. had a chain wallet. I had a chain wallet for over twenty five years. Definitely. Before they were cool. Yeah, and it's the same chain. So antiquated invention. Damn. It's, it's not a fax thing. machine, that's for sure. Oh yeah. No. I honestly, machine. you know what? I think I can answer this for anybody who listens to this show. Is a record player. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I have one and I haven't I haven't spun a record in a very like I would say I haven't spun a record in about five years. Oh, and wow. I have like I have like four or five hundred records. Well, it's a time thing. Yeah. I mean, when you listen to an an album like on vinyl you know, it's a it's a time commitment because you're not listening to an album to skip fucking tracks. Nope. You're less, you're, you're in getting, for the haul. You're listening. Yeah, to you're going through complete. a journey there. Yeah. You know, you're listening to at least 
five songs, at least a complete side. So what what happened to me though is that I moved into a place where the the floorboards would creak and make the record skip. Mm. And uh, I was with my friend uh, Getsemane, and we were listening to a brand new copy of Brave New World that he just bought at the time. And we were like, all right, here we go, Brave New World. And my sister's boyfriend was just putzing around and just made the record skip all the time. And that's a full, like, 70-minute album. And we're just like, dude, I think after one side, we're like, we're done. We're just going to go Spotify. And we haven't spun a record since. And it was tragic, you know? It's like we we were there for the commitment. We were going to spin records for the five years that we lived in that house, but we didn't. We're just like, fuck this, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I can I can see that. I've got that where my uh, record player is, too. So I'm like like easing past it just because it it aggravates the fuck out of me when it skips. Oh yeah. It kills the mood and you're fucking up your needle and the record itself. So Oh yeah. For sure. Who would you want to have a private jam session with? Private jam sesh. Rob, you go. You're an instrumentalist. Uh, you know, um uh, I would definitely probably say private jam session if, if we were writing tracks like writing songs I, I would really love to just be in the room with the the guys from slough fig uh from san francisco yeah oh yeah and 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 just hash out some some excellent metal some like tons of melody uh like harmonies very melodic heavy metal like classic heavy metal sound that would be a lot of fun um and you know, knowing knowing Mike, uh, you know we've been lucky enough to play with him a number of times, and uh, you know, are familiar with the the guys, and I think it would be a lot of fun. Hell yeah! I I think I would want to uh, just play "Strange Kind of Woman" with Richie Blackmore, so I can do that. And then him like a. Uh, throw something at you too because you oh yeah you. <laughs> you can throw a pitcher of water at me i don't care <laughs> <laughs> that's great what's next what is one boundary you put up in your life to keep people out um i don't let people sit next to me on the bus like i sit in the aisle and i put my bag like, next to me on my left okay damn jason damn but I also have resting bitch face, so no one wants to fuck with me. So, <laughs> well, the bus thing I can get because let's face it, people are fucking weird in general, and mm-hmm. it could be you could be the only person on the bus, the only person on the fucking bus, and the motherfucker that gets on next will sit right next to you. Oh, I've had so many like old dudes sit right next to me. I'm just like, why? This entire trolley is empty, but okay. And but I'm the dick who's going to get up and move away. So, right boundary we put up to keep. What was the question one more time? Boundary we put up to keep people out. Is that what it was? I, you know, I'll, I'll freely. Jason can attest to this. I'm, I'm a pretty private person. Uh, I don't share a lot. I guess would probably be it. It's not intentional, but I'm sure maybe subconsciously I'm doing it to protect myself 
here's here's a funny story um, that pertains to both myself and Rob. Uh, we were at a festival in Germany, and there was this guy who kept looking for me and my cousin Robbie. And my you drummer tell him the name though. Well, I, I'm getting there. Oh, but my my drummer would keep coming up to me and be like, "Jason, this guy's looking for you. He really wants to get a picture of you and your cousin and, and Robbie with him." I'm like, "Well." where the fuck is he you know this is a big ass festival he's like he's waiting for you in the stairwell I'm like okay cool i go down the stairwell and then some dude comes up he's like hey jason my name's alex blah 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 and i had a great time talking to this dude whatever then our drummer patrick is his name he comes up to me he's like dude you didn't talk to the guy i'm like i talked to the guy who's in the stairwell he's like no you must have talked to someone else i'm like well fuck you know <laughs> so finally way later in the the festival I think we I think Attacker just finished playing which was incredible obviously. Um finally I meet this guy. I think his name's Daniel, but whatever. Patrick had advised me, "Hey, it's weird though because when he talks to you, he like he like has like a hot breath and he like talks to your neck." Because you know, at, at a at a show or a festival, people talk to each other's ears. Like, "Hey, man, this solo's great," you know. But you're like yelling into each other, right? Right. But he would do this even between bands. <laughs> and so he's talking to me, he's, and he's talking into my neck, and he has this hot breath, and it's like sticky and musky, and like you kind of feel violated by this <laughs> presence, you know. And then my cousin Robbie finally shows up. He gets his picture. He talks to Robbie as well in the same form. All of a sudden, Rob shows up. And I always have my hair in a ponytail. And Robbie's hair wasn't very long back then. but So, like, it didn't, like, cover his neck. But Rob always has his hair down, even in front. And so this dude, we ended up calling him Neck Licker. <laughs> He's he's trying to talk to Rob, but Rob has his defense up, even without trying. And he can't I look at him, he just like can't get in. To yeah, the he, sweet he, spot. He, he keeps coming in, but like the hair's there and he's like, oh, oh, I can't I can't figure it out. Like he couldn't figure out how to like get up close <laughs> enough. And Daniel or, or whatever the hell your name is, I'm I'm sorry if you're listening to this, but you you do it, dude. Oh my gosh. What's funny, I, I met the guy years later uh, at another festival in Germany, and um, I was like expecting expecting the neck licker move, and it never happened. I was like, oh shit, he grew up. <laughs> wow, that's that's insane. <laughs> might have been alcohol fueled, you know? So Could be. Might have been. Could be. Anything or somebody might have said something to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. J- just going out on a limb there. Maybe he got called out on a podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So I have one more question, but before we get into that today, all links will be listed below, so please give a like, share, and a follow. Go out to Bandcamp, buy merch, do whatever you can to support these guys because it kicks fucking ass. Do you guys have any shout-outs you want to give today? Uh, <laughs> Shout-out to Enrico from Gates of Hell Records putting this together for us for the for the ep we greatly appreciate his help and support 
Uh, he's an amazing dude. Uh, he runs uh, Gates of Hell and also Cruz del Sur, and he puts out a ton of amazing music uh, through his labels. Definitely. And shout-outs to our friends in Slaufeg. Rock yes. and roll, motherfuckers. Slaufeg and, you know, other local folks, the folks in Solicitor. Solicitor, yeah, Amy, rock and roll. Gate- Definitely. Gatekeeper, our friends from the north. Jeff Black. Jeff Black, yep. Uh, and then all of our other our other bandmates, Robbie, Pat, and Leona. We miss you. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. We're, hey. we're gonna see that we're gonna we're gonna see them on uh, Wednesday for practice. But, you know, if they listen if they listen if they listen to this this long, we miss you. Definitely. We miss right. you. <laughs> You know, the you guys are like right in the new epicenter, I think. You know, Seattle, Portland, like the, that whole like scene through there, you know, and and a little bit up into like Vancouver and and shit too. You guys have some amazing fucking bands out there. It must be in the water. Maybe like I mean, we I know that Jason and I have talked a couple of times. You know, it was funny like, you know, in you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, through 2015 it was like the only bands that we could play with were like doom bands or like death metal bands and stuff like that but then just like gradually the everything has shifted um and there's just a lot more like traditional heavy metal bands speed metal bands power metal bands it's just it's crazy like and don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with with death metal and in doom uh but it's just crazy how you know time has changed and um oh yeah you know, fo- folks are picking up the mantle you know so Oh, definitely. All of a sudden, you know, you've got Solicitor, you've got Silver Talon, Unto mm-hmm. Others, fucking uh, Time Rift, Spell, you know, mm-hmm. so many, uh, Soul Grinder, uh, so many fucking awesome fucking bands that are just coming out from up there. And it's like, holy shit. It's like, what is going on? It's almost like Pittsburgh, which is, mm. which is wild as shit, too, because Pittsburgh has a really big, you know, new wave of traditional heavy metal uh, seen there as well like so many awesome fucking bands coming out of there too so mm. I, I just dig it it's it's totally rad like i said must be something in the fucking water or something yeah maybe so all that that gloominess for like <laughs> six months out of the year you know we got nothing better to do right you, you know anybody who says that line says that uh phrase on here has to say it like dave you got nothing better to do <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can you put a price on gloominess? <laughs> right. Can you put a price on pizza? <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. So guys, thank you so much. Final question of the day is when you wake up in the morning, what is your number one priority? Get that money. Get that money. <laughs> Get that money. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say, get, get some, get some tasty breakfast. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hungry when I first wake up. So, hell yeah, I'm like, get I'm it. going make, making some oatmeal for myself, ASAP. I'm, I'm not hungry when I wake up. Um, I think it's all the beer I drink, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even like my days off. I'd rather be at work. It's weird. You know, I kind of get that too. Because for me, it's like if I if I'm off work, 
you know, I really like if I don't get up and do something by like eight o'clock on my day off, eight eight a.m. I feel like I've wasted the fucking day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, fuck, I might as well have been working. And right, yeah. So yeah, I totally get behind that shit. I just I work so that I can do things like tour and stuff. So like, if I, on my days off, I'd rather be playing a show or you know something that's fun musically definitely and uh because on my days off i just sit down and watch fucking youtube all day and it's like well that's stupid but right yeah i I don't know that that shit's definitely a time suck you know like having like a tiktok page it, it you know you end up sitting there if you don't constantly make videos for it you know and that's a one to three minute deal you're constantly watching videos, which is a one to three minute deal. And you know, at, at some rate, you know, you've either spent five to fifteen minutes in one sitting, just in five videos. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, that shit really adds up. And you know, watching an eleven minute YouTube video and you watch four of them, you know, you've killed three quarters of an hour. It's like holy shit, man. It's like, yeah. Too much. My biggest gripe nowadays is all the like all those YouTube videos. There's too many damn ads. Like every like every like five minutes or every like couple minutes, there's like an ad that takes the whole video and plays for like thirty seconds. Just you don't like, have ad block? No, I don't. No, I, I'm, I'm, not paying, <laughs> I'm not paying for the YouTube. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just like I'm. I'm also like. Because I, I work with computers all day long, so I'm usually, like, if I'm doing anything, it's on my phone, but, yeah, so. Word. I, I watch all my YouTube on at home with Adblock, so. I'm just not as cool as you are, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. Awesome. Mark, Mark are you on, on TikTok? Are you, are you, uh, do you make TikTok videos for uh, the Metal Forge? I have, but I did, uh, I recently deactivated the account because of it being a time suck. And my boss kind of came up to me and was like, yeah, man, I notice you're on your phone a lot. And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I should probably not fucking do that. <laughs> it's like, Mark, I need you to stop doing TikTok dances at work right now. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Definitely no TikTok dances. There's definitely been some of the trend videos, but like, none, n- no, no dancing or nothing like that. There is a, there is a Vince Neil reaction video on there. <laughs> oh, where I'm that just, sounds... That sounds like something like, I would what? be interested in. What the fuck? You know, <laughs> it's just... I can't. I can't get into TikTok. Maybe that. Maybe you know, hashtag boomer or whatever the fuck. But not, yeah, not into that. Just not into it. it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> not gonna do it. Read my lips. Not gonna do it. No. George Bush. <laughs> That's great. And, and for the for the twenty year olds that listen to the show. I'm not sorry <laughs> that you don't get it, that you don't get the reference. Uh, uh, Jason accomplished exactly yes. right. Jason, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. This has been awesome. So, from the new EP Blood Empire, what do you guys want to play out today? The the hit Bloodwine. All right. So from Bloodwine's Scott- the rocker. Bloodwine's the rocker. That's easy to say fucking, you know, fast or anything. <laughs> From Skeletor, this is Bloodwine. 
Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com. BigCartel.com Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. 
be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wrestling. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. Really it's good. gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.